Welcome to the 273rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on February 25th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this year's show with me is the man who's working from 9 to 5, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, more like 10 to 6 sometimes. Man who's working from 10 to 6 sometimes, <laughs> Carlos Rodella. That's me. Yeah, I, I, I basically get up super early and do like, you know, kind of the morning routine stuff, but I don't know. I like starting work early, and a lot of people at my new job are like, yeah, around 10, so... But, you know, you just get your work done. Do your work. And then uh, and it doesn't really matter the hours. I mean, we're remote, you know what I mean? So Yeah. It's funny you say that because I think that since COVID happened, slight divergence, this is not game-related, it's life-related. Um, I think it's really come to light how different people perceive habits and schedules. Um, and I think that in general, we have really, in America, favored early bird... Um, uh, not introverts, but extroverts. Early bird extroverts have been dominant in the business world for such a long time. Mm. And what I mean by that is people who love people, who love meetings, who love being social, and who love to get up at the crack of dawn. Those people have been ascendant in the business world. But since COVID, people have made space for others. And it's funny because I am a night owl introvert. And so to me, in my mind, it shouldn't make any difference. If I start at 11 a.m. but i finish working at like you know 2 a.m who cares because that's no different somebody who gets up at six and finishes at three you know it's like i work the same amount of hours i get the same amount of stuff done but because i choose to start later i'm viewed as like lazy or a slacker or you know whatever and because i like to work remote rather than getting in meetings it's like oh well you're not really with the company or you're not feeling the the motivation you know whereas i feel like this really bullshit so i feel like i feel like it is time for night owl introverts to really grab the reins take hold tell people that we are equal in this world we deserve a place at the table god damn it you we are, are not less than you are not less than but also two things one that was a lot of hours 11 a.m to 2 a.m whatever so, i can't do okay. math you That's know what i mean a lot of time to be working whatever whatever the hour if i do eight hours ending at two got a.m. It, whatever got you it, know got what it. so but the other thing is is that that's already happening like i like my job a bunch of other people's jobs that i know my friends um it is about your you doing your work, you know, and, and that shift is happening. Like, even if it's 10, I mean, you know, I used to get to work sometimes at eight. And like you said, people were like, okay, we got a meeting at 858, you know, get in the the meeting room. Yeah. Uh, and it, like it was early, early, early. So I think it is, it's changing because I'm watching it change. You know, I hope it stays that way because I feel like now that people are walking COVID restrictions back and everybody's in such a rush to get back to quote unquote normal. I feel like those things are starting to go away. Like I'm noticing, I don't know about your circles, but in my circles, more and more people are like, okay, yeah, we're cutting back on remote. Yeah. We're getting back to the office. Yeah. We're getting back to normal hours. Yeah. We're getting back to live meetings. And it's like, fuck all of that. So no, yeah, again, it's case by case. Cause I yeah. literally my job currently is like remote potentially forever. And oh, there's man. a lot of jobs that are like that. And also the other thing that I've noticed, at, at, you know, at my workplace and also in my friends uh, talking to me about is the kind of make sure you're taking care of yourself stuff. Right. Like that right. talk was never a part of like work as much, you know, like, hey, take some time, you know, if you if you need some time, blah, blah. blah. And um, I think that leads into kind of our first story, which is um, Ukraine and obviously the stuff that's going on. You and I are both obviously concerned like everybody else. But right. in that in the midst of that, like our work was like, hey. 
if you have, you know, family there, friends there, or if it's just bothering you or something's going on, you know, you don't, you want to process this, like take some time. And I'm like, that's amazing. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Ukraine because before we get on to the show and we will do a regular show, we're going to do housekeeping games, all that regular stuff. Um, you know, we've said this before. I just want to take a minute to say it again. Uh, I know that there's a lot going on in the world right now. I mean, honestly, we are in the middle of the most interesting times. And I mean that in the traditional like curse way. I mean, we have COVID still a thing happening. We are still um, having global catastrophe with uh, ecological change rising fascism in the United States, the recent assault on trans kids across America, and, you know, last but certainly not least, the war between Russia and Ukraine. There's all this serious, serious, heavy stuff going on, and it feels at times like a little stupid to be talking about games and what we're playing and all this stuff, because how could this stuff possibly be important when all these other world events are going on? But as we've said before, a lot of people do reach out to us and say, listening to our show, reading the reviews of Game Critics, or just like engaging in like game-related conversation is a lot of people's like mental timeout, right? Like it's their yeah. their safe haven for a minute. And and we know that like games are not important. I mean, in the big scheme of things, games aren't nothing, right? But we do it because we like it. And in the face of all this, we do need a breath of just to just settle down, just to calm down for a minute, to to step away from all of these big, crazy things facing us. So we want to just really quickly acknowledge that all those things are happening. Um, and in spite of that, like we want to also honor the people that come to our show to listen, to relax, to just to just get away from things for a while. So those two things happening at once we do acknowledge all those things and we're feeling it but at the same time we do want to like support our listeners and be there for them in the way that they need right now right yeah and again it's an escapism when you are feeling frustrated or sad or upset so uh not just this podcast but games yeah and exactly so we're exactly. going to be talking about those okay now with that said let's get on with the show uh, folks, you know that Carlos and I share a virtual living space giant house divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. I have one thing, uh, maybe two things on my side. Carlos, what do you got on your side? This is going to be a first. You have nothing? It's clean. Really? Nothing it's at all? It's so huh? clean. It's like I polished it. Uh, I got rid of that pizza box. There is nothing over here. Wow. Interesting. Nothing at all. Okay, no. well, that's fair. That's fair. But it's, um, this is the first time you've had more stuff on your side. I this very well me may be the very first time, so yeah. I'm gonna savor it. Okay. I'm gonna mark it on my calendar, circle it in red. Okay. And I will remember this day from here on out. Well, um, what's on your side then? Well, I just got a couple things. Um, gosh, we wrapped up a bunch of shows recently, and we started a brand new one. Uh, we're watching Barry on HBO. Have you seen Barry? Of course, and I say of course because I thought I mentioned it on the show. But secondly, you're just now seeing it. Oh, yeah, dude. I've got a list of like a million shows that I didn't have time to watch before. Wow. So we're just catching up on okay. things. So I will so. tell you what I think after, but. I okay, think we're only know. in the first season. I think we're maybe like four or five episodes in. This is where. What is the actor's name? Remind Bill me. Bill Hader. Name? Bill Hader from SNL. He plays a ex military assassin who stumbles into an acting class one day and he decides that he wants to be an actor. And so he wants to get out of the assassin lifestyle and become a full-time actor in LA. And so this is about that struggle. I mean, it's kind of, com I mean, it's a lot of comedy, tons of comedy, but also there's definitely some like real moments in there. And he's kind of relating to people. He's this kind of broken war vet who doesn't really like know himself very well. He doesn't stand up for himself. He doesn't know what to do around women. And so he's kind of discovering who he is and deciding if assassination still fits in that life or maybe it doesn't. And where does acting fit? It's kind of a really interesting Interesting show. Uh, we're only a couple episodes in, but so far um, we're really digging it. I really like it a lot. And it's interesting because I'm not the biggest SNL fan. I know you like it a lot more than I do, but we really loved um, Last Man on Earth. 
yep. and I'm I think we're really kind of Barry fans too. So it's interesting to see those SNL fans or not fans stars leave the show and go on to stuff that I think is probably a lot more interesting than SNL. So it's interesting uh, for me to see them doing interesting stuff. Well, a lot of stuff to unpack there. First off, not more interesting, but different than SNL. Let's say that. Um, I mean, I mean you could say it's that. more interesting to you. Yes, 100 percent. Yes, for 100 percent. But I think uh, it's just totally different art forms. I guess it was this live, you know, sketch comedy. That's insane. sure. Sure. Totally and different form. Different totally content, different form. Sure. Yeah. And Last Man on Earth and Barry are good examples of wh- why I think you would like them is it takes little bits of SNL, you know, these people who are funny and then it just brings that dark humor and it brings a drama to it. But Barry is incredible and I don't want to like oversell it, but. I, I can't oversell it. It's just incredible. Okay, and cool. I, it's only th- I think three seasons, and they're they're actually either already working on the fourth or whatever, something like that. Uh, so you have a lot to watch, and I won't spoil anything, but I will say, you know, those quiet moments, those real drama moments, way more of them coming. Like, okay, cool. It is not like a oh yeah, this is kind of drama. No, 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 no. This show is like a serious ass show, and it just happens to have like really bizarre, weird, funny moments in it. So. I can't speak highly enough of it. It's probably one of my favorite shows. Oh, excellent. Okay, yeah. well, cool. I'm down. I'm down. We're really liking it so far, and it's a really good show to transition to after the stuff we watch. So I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing more of it. Okay, so there's that. Um, the only other thing I want to mention really quickly um, is like gaming chairs. Do you have a gaming chair, Carlos? No, and I'm glad you brought that up because we've never talked about it in the show, and I'm very curious about gaming chairs. I have a work desk chair from my last job, and it just this is the one I have. It's kind of ergonomic or whatever. But why do you bring it up, Brad? I bring it up because uh, Game Critics was contacted by the E-Win Gaming Chair Company, and they say that they are the number one provider of gaming chairs, which I didn't know because I'm not really in the gaming chair world. Um, but they wanted to send out a sample for evaluation, and I'm like, okay, cool. I will, I will evaluate your chair. So they, it got here yesterday, uh, assembled it, and I'm, I'm sitting in it. Not right now, but earlier I was. And I've never had a gaming chair. I've always just had a regular chair or on the couch or a folding chair, just, you know, Sitting has always been kind of just like a something you do while you're playing your game. It's not really that big of a concern uh, since I'm not like a streamer. I don't sit for hours and hours at a desk or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, put it together and it's pretty interesting. Like it's got good quality materials. Like, you know, there's a couple pillows for your back and one for your neck Got the armrests and the, uh, the chair swivels a little bit and the, the back goes back and forth so you can adjust it. And it's interesting. The surface is pretty um, firm on it, but I think that's probably pretty good because it kind of, forces you to have like slightly better posture so you can't like really like sink into it you know what i mean like it kind of forces you to sit upright so i've only been sitting in it for like an hour or two today while i was playing uh, a game we're going to talk about later in the show but interesting i'm going to be um giving it like the full test drive and i will have some further thoughts later but so far um uh you know i think i'm I'm, maybe i am going to be a gaming chair kind of guy we'll see well can i get a second gaming chair come on what's going (laughs) on I want well, a gaming I can, chair. I can, see, I can see if they got a second sample. We'll see. We'll see. What All right. Say. I'm just saying. It's two people on the show. Hey, um, I do want to try them, though. I've always, like, you know, back in the day when I used to, like, go to uh, Office Max or whatever in person, you know? Oh, sure. And, like, I'd go just sit in all of them and be like, oh, this is kind of cool. But, yeah, I never pulled the plug or pulled the trigger, trigger and got any. You know what I mean? I was like, I think these are great, but that's $300. Like, I don't know if I need a gaming chair. Yeah, I don't know how much this particular model is, but I mean, it seems pretty high end. It seems pretty nice. So again, that was the E-Win Gaming Chair Company who sent us a sample. And I'll have to look up the exact model. There was a couple different models. I forget which one it was, but it's like got this like red stripe on it. And it's got this nice little kind of, I don't think it's actually leather, but like, you know, pleather or something. Red stripe reminded me of, uh, what was it, Homer Simpson's car? 
he made that car that oh, was the terrible. Homer car, yeah. And yeah, he's exactly. like, and I got a, a racing stripe on it for yeah. for like, you know, make it look nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So far, thumbs up, but I will have further thoughts as we progress. All so right. there you go. If anybody has any recommendations or thoughts and ideas on gaming chairs, I'd love to hear. Yeah, okay. actually, send them to the show at So Video Games on uh, Twitter. Uh, gaming chair su- suggestions besides Ewan, which is, yeah, sounds exactly. like a good one. And before we leave my house, our house together, yes. uh, I, the only piece of housekeeping then is show related that I have, which is I was going to bring up a show that I'm watching, and it's uh, Vikings Valhalla. Viking, what Vikings Valhalla is that? A it's Vikings? a new show. Oh, I was like, is that the game from Ubisoft? What are we talking? I know about? there is an expansion called Valhalla. Yes. Uh, so no, what it is is I'm a sucker for Viking shows. I watched the entire. I don't know, two or three seasons of Vikings, the original. Okay. Uh, that was on AMC, I believe, and then it later came to, to other platforms. Um, I thought that was that incredible. Ragnar Lothbrook's, like, journey, uh, just fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, if you ever get into the Vikings type I know. Shows. I watched the one that was the comedy one that was on No, Netflix. yeah, I know that. That's Which fun. was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty good. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. But, like, true, it's just called Vikings. It's, like, incredible. Like, the quality that they spent... And you know cinematography and stuff like that. It's just insane. So okay. if you're ever in the mood for one, the original series is amazing. But I'm watching the second series. It's basically a follow up, a hundred years a- uh, after Ragnar Lothbrok. Uh, so basically, everything that happens in that first season or first show, the Vikings is like history. Is now, like right? history, which because by the way, all of it is based on history. So it's not like just loosely based on history. Like it's pretty good. You know, it originally was like I think History Channel type. You know, show almost. Okay. Uh, anywho, it's good, and basically, I'm playing a few games we'll talk about in a second that all have that feel to them, which is like I'm a warrior, I'm gonna fight things, and I have honor. Um, <laughs> honor, honor is very important. Honor is very important. And so, whenever I like play games, like I say on this show a lot, I like to watch something that's like similar. You do like to do that multimedia experience. Multimedia experience, Carlos. That's what I like to do. <clears throat> so I'm watching it, and it's good. I mean, it's like. Not terrible. It's not. I don't know if it's like as good as the original series, but it's again shot really well. Um, they spend so much time on like you know costumes and stuff. It just looks like we're in back in time, you know, watching right Vikings. Right so on. I I recommend it if anybody liked the original series, check out Vikings Valhalla. All right, there we go. Anything else? So you find anything in the corners back there? No, that was it. I had that in my back pocket. Okay, in your back pocket. All right. All right, folks, we are getting on to the main portion of the show now. Games, games, games. And we are going to stick with Carlos for, I'm guessing, what is probably going to be one of the biggest drops this year. Uh, God, what is it even called? It's like Horizon. Oh, no, I call it Horizon, but what is the official title? Forbidden West. Forbidden West? Yeah. Okay, Horizon. I keep wanting to say Verizon. Verizon, uh, Forbidden Ver- West. It's just you yes. have no cell service out there. I know. You're climbing towers. You're reestablishing you're cell service. You're trying to get 5G. You find like, the legendary iPhone. Like, the legendary all. 5G. 5G. That's exactly right. Sorry, folks. Far, it's, I keep wanting to say Verizon. Horizon, Forbidden West. Uh, so, Carlos, uh, this is, of course, the continuing adventures of Aloy. Uh, the first Horizon was a big hit. A lot of people really dug that one. Uh, so why don't you uh, fill us in? What is all going down in Horizon Forbidden West? Before I get started, did you enjoy the first one? I did not. Okay. And you didn't like it at all? Uh, I thought parts of it were okay, but a lot of it I felt like was appropriation, which kind of bothered me. I we also did talk really... about that on the show, I think. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like the appropriation. I didn't like... Um, also, like a lot of the story was just really boring. There was actually some really cool bits, but a lot of really boring bits that I felt tedious to get through. A lot of busy work. I did not like the combat at all. Um, I got to a part where I just didn't even understand what I was even supposed to. It was like in the desert. I was getting attacked by like 
three different hawks and there was like some alligators and I was just getting rickrolled all over the place. And I'm like, man, this is just not clicking, not vibing for me. And I, I noped out, but it just, it just felt like people in really bad cosplay saying boring stuff. And I just, I just didn't click at all. Mm. Didn't, didn't work for me. By the way, to that appropriation thing, I think I mentioned this on the show many years ago when we talked about it, but I didn't think that we can agree to disagree uh, sure. just because I, being Native American, I really thought that they differentiated enough. And I felt like it was this, new tribes that came out of a post-apocalyptic world, which is going to come up again because there's even more tribes in this, uh, you know, new game and they are more diverse. So maybe, you know, you'd understand or not understand, but maybe you'd enjoy uh, the tribal kind of feel of this game more because there are definitely different, like, you know, types of people and with different types of you know, uh, styles and, and customs. So it's sure. not just one thing, maybe. I mean, that's just like real talk. Like when I see screenshots of the characters in that game, they look like they're wearing the worst tin can cosplay. Like I can't even get past how it looks. So I, I have no plans whatsoever to play this game, but all right, all right. I am well, very excited to hear you tell me about it. Yes. Off of that point. Um, and the fact is again, it's just different tribes that are in this post-apocalyptic landscape, but Aloy is back and I enjoyed the first one. I played all of it and the DLC um, if you like Tomb Raider, by the way, it's also very much like a Tomb Raider Uncharted game. So mechanically, I think it's better. Uh, graphically, it's better. If you liked for you know Horizon the original, this is basically all those things but better. That's a short review, super quick summary. Um, the graphics, by the way, stunning. And I, of course, you know, tweeted about it and was very frustrated that, of course, you had to switch between performance. Sure. And quality, as you do, as you do, but the quality—it's really not that big of a difference because if you're like going up to a tree and it's got these crazy, which by the way, crazy graphics on the tree, fidelity, bark, etc., uh, and you turn it to you know quality mode, you're gonna be like, wow, that is incredible. Switch, switch it to performance mode; it's not that less, right? Uh, so I don't think it, you're missing too much. Uh, that said, it's a beautifully smooth 60 frames. Or more, it seems like at times on my a PS5. We talking like 61, 62? Maybe like ninety. I don't know. It just feels like buttery smooth. All right. Like literally nothing is hitching this this thing at all. Um, looks really great. And yeah, I was a big fan of you know of course melee. Uh, and in the first game, it was kind of broken, and people didn't really use it much. Besides me, who played the whole game melee only. Um, which is probably the wrong way to play it, but I did. And in this one, it's better. Like all the whole skill trees expanded. Uh, melee is just better. So there's like more combos. It's just like a lot more fun. So I'm excited, of course. You know, that'd be that's my jam. And then the bow and arrow stuff is really great too. You like the bow and arrow of Tomb, Tomb Raider, remember? Right? Yeah, I mean the bow and arrow stuff was okay. And I mean honestly, I mean it's not like I didn't I didn't think the first Horizon was like garbage but it's like it felt bloated and like there's parts i didn't like i mean it felt like there was a really good game in there struggling to get out and there was just too much cruft around it mm. um so I, I i i mean i played it for like maybe like 20 hours i mean i didn't right, just right, like right, right. it wasn't just like a one day and i just didn't go the distance but yeah yeah i mean the bones the bone arrow stuff was all right i i mean i think it's just better so basically anything that you that you maybe enjoyed in the first game it's just better because the bone arrow stuff is great um yeah, there's a lot of different kind of tools there. The story, it's never really, I don't think, the strong suit. I won't spoil anything because it really starts off the whole game with, like, spoilers. You know, you have to play the first one. It picks and right up where the last one left off. Exactly. I mean, literally at the day after. Like, literally the day after. And here's the only kind of, I guess, downside, I would say, for that story bit is 
I didn't remember some stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, yeah, yeah. hey, it's Sigil. And I'm like, oh, hi, Sigil. Wait, wait who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, we had that thing. It was a tryst. We had a tryst. Did we? Wow. That's really memorable. <laughs> that's what. That's like a romantic thing, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, see, I try to use one big word every That's not even a big word, but anywho, yeah, I was a little lost. Um, and so that's kind of weird. Because even the, I didn't want to have to go play the first game again. Right, right. So right. I think did they, they kinda, not do a did they not do a recap like when you start the game? Mini recap. Mini recap. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's like there was a lot to be you know understood, and I don't think it was always coming across. Um, yeah, and then I guess the other thing is what did I write down? Um, still impressive melee, better. I don't like the fact that you have to get certain parts off of dinosaurs, robot dinosaurs. Um, this is just a really quick. Thing I don't like about the whole game system. Sometimes you need parts off of those robot dinosaurs. Yeah, I remember that part. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I guess it's the same thing that I guess it was in the first one. And I just want to like kill everything with melee, you know. Right. And so you can't like you have to use your bow and arrow sometimes. So that kind of makes me like bummed out. But uh, other than that, it's just visually a treat. Like it's one of the best things on the PlayStation Five. Like it's funny down. you say that, man. Because I mean, it's the weird thing. And I mean, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, or if you, I'm sure you will disagree. But like. When I see people talking about this game, like in my Twitter feed, like it seemed like almost everybody I follow, like picked this game up and started playing it, which is cool. Um, but like everybody was like the graphics, the graphics, the graphics, the graphics. I'm like, yes, cool. The graphics. And then they're like, yeah, well, if you like Horizon, it's more of that. OK, I, <laughs> I mean, that to me is not really a ring endorsement. The graphics and it's more of the same. Like to me, that's like not enough to really convince me or to sell me. And granted, I'm not really in that basket anyway, but that that's a hell of an endorsement. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, is it really just more of the same, but looks better? Well, I mean, that's a bigger discussion because is that a bad thing nowadays? Like, are games as a service, were, you know, not really a game because they just keep adding, like, graphical improvements and new lands to go explore? I mean, Destiny is a massive game, and they're just adding new crap to it. So I don't know, you know? And there's a new – maybe to play your own devil's advocate for you, it's a new $60 price tag. So, you know, maybe it should come with new some new stuff. But I can't really put into words. It's not just the graphics. So, right. you know, thanks for bringing that up because I don't think it's just that. Like, here's one small thing. Aloy just running around, she has more animations. You know what I mean? She has, like, when she rolls, it feels great. When she grabs on a ledge, she sometimes she loses her balance and her other arm goes to the right for a while, you know? Okay, There's, gotcha, like, a sure. lot more going on with her. And then also another thing, I know this is graphics, but this is important. When you do those, when they do those cut scenes with other characters. yeah. The, the faces are, like, insanely good. Like, not like, again, we're not in the real, real realism. But sure. they're all. it's almost like a Pixar movie. You know, it just feels like not not cartoony that way, but, like, super, super polished so that, like, I think people are going around online showing, like, the pores in people's skin. Like, it does that, and that actually makes a fucking difference because I'm playing other games right now, uh, many games, and a lot of the games that are third-person you know, when you have the cutscenes, you know it's a cutscene, and it feels like not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right. So, anyways, that goes a long way. So that's not just graphics; it's almost like kind of storytelling. And like this, here's a good example: something very small and simple, but maybe it's like art direction. These two characters like are behind um, this like uh, curtain type thing, and there's like a sunset, and you could just see the shadows of them, and you know that they kind of like each other. Mm -hmm. And Aloy looks away, and then she looks back, and they're kissing but it's just a silhouette of them kissing. I know that's a small detail, but like 
they just do fun little things like that within the game and and they're graphically really enticing i don't that's not going to sell you at all well i mean that was going to be my next question my next question is like so if i didn't really like the first horizon i thought it was okay i didn't like it enough to finish it and i don't think i'd ever play it knowing that it doesn't seem like there's anything here that would like get me to come back right if i didn't like the first one enough I'm probably not going to like this one. Does that seem about no, right? Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, of course, liked it a lot. And so I'm in, enjoying it because it's just more. It's it's definitely better. It's not just graphics. There's like the playability feels better. The skill trees more. Um, and yeah, I think those cutscenes are really important because they weren't as good as last time. I mean, they weren't that good last time. So uh, there's something to it, you know, and it feels really good. And it seems like you can kind of mainline the story. Because Which is good. Which there's is good. tons of side stuff, but almost everybody I hear like mainlines a story because I can see you can see very clearly where it's going, uh, which is great. Yeah, a game like this that has 800 side quests, but um, it is one of those games. You know, when you finish it, you the land will still be there, and you can kind of fuck around with the side quests. So gotcha. I really dig it. It really feels like Uncharted with uh, Tomb Raider with the original Horizon, but I think much better in every way, really. All right. Well, if you like that first one, you're probably going to like the second one. And if you didn't like it so much, maybe give it a pass. Yeah. All right. There we go. Let me take over for a bit. I got a couple Switch games to Wait, talk about. Switch what? games? I know. Sorry. Really? Huge divergence for the show. I never play Switch. You actually, never play Switch games. I play them all the time. Switch games today. In fact, I think uh, almost all my games today are Switch games. Uh, first one up, Gem Wizard Tactics. Uh, I was really jonesing for some like turn-based strategy on the Switch. Because that's the kind of stuff I like to play right before bed. Like something I can chip away at. Nothing that requires a lot of fast reflexes or anything like that. Just something chill. Um, so Gem Wizard Tactics was something that I looked into. Kind of a hex-based, um, you know, unit-based game. There is a story mode. There's also, a pre- I believe, a skirmish mode. Um, you have lots of different units. And in general, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty neat little tactics game. It doesn't really, like, rock the boat of the tactics world. I mean, it doesn't bring a lot that's like revolutionary but it's it's pretty well done in general except for i think the presentation kind of suffers i mean in general it's just like turn-based tactics uh you get a couple different units there's a story mode where they introduce the different units and they do incorporate stuff like knocking one unit into another and like kind of being cognizant of positioning so it does take advantage of that a little bit more like if there's a guy on the edge of the map you shoot a laser into him and he falls off, or maybe you, you bump into him and you knock him off, or maybe you knock one enemy into another enemy and that, that crash does damage. So that's kind of a neat little spin on it that I think is pretty good. Um, but it does have a lot of presentation problems, and that's ultimately why I balanced. Um, I think the UI in general is, is pretty bad. The graphics are pretty small. The text is pretty small. And there's a really weird thing. Like when you're looking at a map and you move the cursor around, It doesn't smoothly scroll. It kind of jerks. And for some reason, my eye had a very hard time following that. Um, The the cursor would move, the screen would jerk, and then it would lose the cursor because the whole screen didn't smoothly scroll. And I got really frustrated doing that. It just was a very basic thing that could have been fixed in terms of presentation. And it just was really bothersome to me. Um, The buttons I didn't feel like were very intuitive. Um, So in terms of UI and presentation, I feel like it suffers. It doesn't look very good. And I feel like it needs a lot of polish in the UI department. But if you're talking about turn-based tactics, I mean, it's it's a pretty good little cute little game that I think would probably um, keep fans happy if you don't mind the presentation problems. So Which I didn't is, spend a lot of time with it, but presentation is important. Right? Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty important. And also that, that visibility thing where it's moving, that seems bad. 
Yeah, I just got really annoyed with like I would move the cursor, the screen would jerk, and I I would have to look and find the cursor again, Yeek. which is just it's re- like they should have fixed that. They should have fixed that. So anyway, Gem Wizard Tactics. It's a good little tactics game, but, you know, you got to get past the presentation to enjoy it. Um, the other game that I want to talk about really quickly is called Zombie Rollers with a Z. R-O-L-L-E-R-Z. This is a virtual pinball game, but it's not a replication of pinball this is like fantasy pinball and those are my favorite kind of of pinball games to play right because pinball is great i love pinball but when i play it on a switch or on a console or something i want them to take advantage of the medium it's a video game you can do anything you can change the physics you can have all sorts of little mechanisms that would never work on a real pinball table you can have you know a hundred multi-balls you can do little monsters running across the screen you do like whatever you want right so i love those kind of pinball games because i want them to do something that's just impossible in the real world this game fucking leans into that so hard, and I think it's amazing. I really, really like it a lot. Dude, um, hold on. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting roller, Rollers of the Realm vibes. It's similar. Very similar. Very right? similar. Is that the in, game? In certain ways. Yeah, Rollers of the Realm. Yeah, that's yeah, another yeah, yeah. one that we'll probably be looking at uh, pretty soon, but this is not related to that, but kind of in the same bucket of like characters, a little bit of RPG-ness to it, um, like definitely some fantasy stuff going on, so definitely like a same kind of vibe, right? Yeah. Um, so with zombie rollers, I, I want to say first off, I think they make a lot of really fucking smart decisions. And one of the biggest things that I love in this game that I've never seen any pinball game ever, ever, ever do is that when the pinball comes down to the flippers, as soon as it touches the flippers, you get like a little, um, a dotted line that shoots out from the ball that shows you exactly what trajectory it's going to take when you flip it. So if you're trying to make a particular shot, like something that's up of the board, or you want to hit a certain thing. As soon as that ball touches it, it's almost like you get a little targeting thing. Right. And it tells, so you just wait, and as soon as that little line hits where you want to go, you hit the flipper, and it just, boom, it goes right exactly where you want it to go. Fucking amazing. It's so fucking amazing. I love that. It reminds me of Peggle, you know? Yeah, similar. Similar to Peggle. Yeah. But I've never seen anybody do it in a pinball game. And I'm like, fuck, yes. It's about fucking time because it's such a small thing. But, boy, it, like, increases my... Uh, my accuracy first off but just my enjoyment because i'm not you know like you have a little bit more out of advantage like this is not something that could ever work on a real pinball table and they're doing it here and i think it's brilliant i fucking love it um the other thing that's really cool is like um as you go on these different boards they're all fantasy they have like little windmills ramps you know gates and stuff and you're kind of like hitting features and opening things up and you know moving things around and all sorts of little doodads are going and you hit like a hit a bucket and it spills some water on something and that thing fills up and you know all these little feet it's just it's really cool there's a lot of stuff going on on each board really neat stuff that would never happen but the thing that's really cool is like when you have uh the enemies coming down uh each board is full of like these little zombies and you got to like knock them out in addition to hitting the features on the board uh the the ball you have has all sorts of powers that you can get it's kind of like a roguelike structure a little bit where you uh, choose whatever, you know, between two things. Do you want a fiery ball? Do you want a lightning ball? Do you want a spiky ball? Or do you want spikes on your flippers? Or, you know, like all sorts of little choices like that. And by the time I got like halfway through like the campaign, it was like, I was like, my ball would like turn into the fucking sun and it would like burn <laughs> shit that it would roll through. And then the ball would shoot bullets. I could like pause the ball and I could like the do ball little, shot bullets. The ball shot bullets and stuff. Like a little lightning uh, would shoot out and, and shock people. I had axes that were mounted on my flippers. They would chop people that got too close to the flippers. They could launch the axes out. It's so fun. Like, it's so fun. Like it's none of it is fucking realistic at all. None of this is really adhering to like real world pinball, but it's the same kind of idea, but just like taken to the next level in a video game sense. It's super, super fun. I think it's just, 
brilliant on every level. The mechanics are great. The ideas are great. The powers are great. All of this is really great. I've only got one very I'm small gonna butt. I'm going to say there's a butt coming. There's only one very small butt. Okay. So I will say I'm not a real fan of the art style. I think the art style is a little bit too aggressively cartoony for me. It's got this kind of like kind of blocky cell shaded look to it. It's super cell shaded. I was just going to say yeah, that. like jet, yeah. jet grind radio or whatever. Ish. Yeah. Ish. ish. Yeah. They do a lot of kind of fourth wall breaking jokes, which whatever I can, I can ignore the jokes because they between levels, they, you know, have a little banter or something. No big deal. You just skip past it. But I think the art style is a little bit too cartoony for my taste. I wish they would just dial it back. Just like, just like one notch. And I think mm. it would be in a pretty good shape, but everybody's kind of like chibi, big head, stumpy limbs and like a real thick black outline around things it's okay it's fine it's not my taste and i and sometimes um it does look a little bit busy on the screen but that's my really only complaint like really other than that like i love playing it i think the mechanics are great physics are, um, are fine enough you know it's good pinball and just like the weapons and the you know killing zombies and stuff exploding i mean that's a fucking fun video pinball game it's, it's like that's exactly what i want that's exactly what these guys give. And if you like the fantasy pinball that can only happen in a video game, this is fucking delivering in spades. Okay, so I have a couple of things to say. One, I'm looking at the pictures in the video, and I, I get your style. Yeah, it's like um, it's over-the-top cartoony. Almost yeah, like just a little bit too much. wacky, yeah. wacky, wacky. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. But the, all the kind of like RPG-ness of it and kind of fun action stuff seems crazy fun. There's also an overworld, it seems. Yeah, you just kind of walk. Um, so I didn't really cover that too much because it's not super relevant. But like, you get to choose your path when you're choosing levels. So right. you, you walk your character around this overworld, and it can make you know left left. Uh, it takes you to a place where there's like zombies, and they're like a level three difficulty. And right goes on a level with zombies that are level two difficulty. Or sometimes there's like a treasure chest, and there's a little bit of a timed element where if you take too long, this kind of like uh, plague catches up to you and it does damage to you. So you want to like kind of keep the whole thing rolling. It kind of pushes you forward at a pretty good clip. Rolling. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 there you go. Um, so the map part does uh, play a factor. It's not a huge factor. But really, the, the pinball on the table is really what you're here for. Yeah, so. it yeah. looks great. It's uh, from Zing Games. And by the way, this <clears throat> happens almost every episode of our podcast, which is another reason I, I like hearing about your Switch games, because you tell me about them on Switch, and then I find them on Steam. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, and here's the thing forever. All our listeners who are on Steam or Steam players, there's a demo right now for free on Steam. Oh, nice. Yeah, check out the demo. I bet it would be better on Steam because you've got a bigger screen and, you know, like, you know, you don't have to, like, squint to see the stuff on there. So I think that would probably be fine. Play this game wherever it is. If you like video video game pinball of the fantasy type, this one is definitely near the top. I love what they're doing. This is good stuff. It's cool. I like it. All right. That was Zombie Rollers. Now, Carlos, you threw me a real curveball today, my friend. Um, <laughs> as we were talking about the show beforehand... I'm like, yeah, what are you bringing to the show? And you're like, Elden motherfucking ring. And I'm like, what? I, I did not mark, expect question that. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes, exactly. So Elden Ring, again, kind of like Horizon, one of the biggest releases of the year. I'm sure we are going to be talking about this uh, come December when it comes to uh, goatee time. I'm sure it's going to be on everybody's list. Um, but I picked up a copy last night, played it as soon as it unlocked at like 9 p.m. Western time. I've got about maybe four or five hours into it. I played with my wife. She's got about four or five hours into it. How deep are you in Elden Ring right now? Just started. Uh, I started today, like at lunchtime. Uh, okay. I just kind of downloaded it at lunch. I took a break from work, uh, did some stuff in it, maybe a couple hours, not even. So, okay. But I have things to say about it in general. 
and then I have things about my experience. So all right, let's talk about talk all about that. But first, things. before we get to any of that stuff, I have to ask you. Yes. I know we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and I was like, dude, I don't feel like this is your game. Mm-hmm. And you're like, maybe, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so like, why? What? What? What convinced you to take the plunge on Elden Ring? This to, to me, you're not really a Souls guy. So how, what convinced you? I'm not a Souls guy at all, and um, I almost did it just for this moment. <laughs> selfishly just to throw me for a little yeah yeah selfishly this is worth it right here the 60 dollars <laughs> worth this moment because you're like but what but what what is up i don't and what understand is down? are Carlos, cats and dogs living together night is day black is white what's going on hey it's like seinfeld i don't get it um yeah i really did it for this moment i think wow so no that's a pretty uh, big commitment here's a quick tangent is that uh i'm playing elix 2 and i can't talk about it until next week under embargo. But because I did uh, get that uh, very kindly from the developer, I had, you know, the $60 that I might spend on a game like that. That's the first reason. Okay. okay. Second reason is watch, I watch every review under the sun because I heard the rumblings that it's, in quotes, easier because you can do more things, take more paths. It is that true sure. open world. True. I watched uh, some videos of people grinding which I feel like in every other Souls game I played were, and then failed, uh, I couldn't really grind very well. I just felt like I always had to go to that one area and get fucked every time. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm still not good enough, and I don't know his, his patterns, and I'm still going to die by that one guy. But in this, there's like so many pathing and so much like time to grind and get ruins and basically make yourself stronger, right? Yes. And then I watched, um, I forgot his name, the guy from Skill Up. Uh, he said he was one-shotting bosses because he was grinding. And just hearing one shot and then in the same as a Souls game was like blowing my mind. I mean, I've never heard anybody saying that. I definitely haven't seen that video. So right, but my point is, he, he's a, yes. I mean, I trust him. I've been watching him for a while. while and he is kind of, I think, more of my type of player where he's not like just a Souls guy. So that even further got me. And then the last thing that got me, and you're not going to like this. Oh, no. So sit down or get your get your swear word dictionary out because okay. you're going to use all those words and come at me with Jesus, them. Jesus, what? I found a video where you can do an exploit that is just probably going to get patched out. But I think as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> and it gives you kind of almost unlimited runes. Oh, really? So you yeah. can just have like inf- almost infinite money. Well, you got to do work for it. You know, it's kind of a, a technique, which uh, I have a asterisk about that. So I'm going to do that to just get a little bit stronger in the beginning. All right. And that gives All me right. another kind of like safety net because, you know, Carlos likes empowerment games. I, I know you do. Right. So if I come in and now I'm like twenty level 20 starting and not getting one shot immediately, then, you know, I think I might enjoy it a lot more. And by the way, it is beautiful. And we'll talk about the game itself. Um, but before I leave that, and this is my last tangent, whenever I do exploits in games, I've never told you this, but I actually like, like factor in a backstory for it. <laughs> so you have a narrative justification I for your do. cheating. <laughs> yes, I do. So if I'm farming, which is essentially cheating, I think if you, if you farm forever, you know, uh, or you do exploits, I, I'm about to do. I basically say that my character who started this in this world was just a really strong guy before <laughs> it got started. Like, he's a really skilled adventurer. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like Joe Schmo. You know, he's, he's, he's going to go look for the Elden Ring. So he's like God-tier-like warrior. 
So that's my justification. <laughs> all right. Well, I, you know, I, I don't think grinding is cheating at all. I mean, I think an exploit is cheating, but grinding, I mean, you want to grind, you want to grind. It's your, it's your time. You know, you can do whatever you like. So I don't, I don't really see grinding as cheating. Yeah, I guess I I'm mixing the words together. Cause like there's farming, there's grinding and there's exploits exploit that uses kind of a farming, you know what I mean? It's a sure. middle ground. And that's kind of sure. the thing that I found in Elden Ring. So I'll still have to do some work for it, you know? All right. So, okay. So all that aside, yes, all, all that, that aside, aside, you've put a couple hours into it, I guess, started today. So I guess, how are you finding it? Like, what are your impressions? I mean, I know you're absolutely not a Souls guy. I know you like, I know you like open world games, but I know you also like power curve. You like upgrading, you like empowerment. And that's kind of like the opposite of a Souls game. So what are you making of Elden Ring so far? Well, here's the first thing is when you start the game, can I see a minor spoiler? It's the, I mean, it's sure. the very first part of the game. Okay. Okay, so minus four, skip ahead one minute or whatever. But like, I'm all like excited from all the things I just told you, ready to be empowered. I have my exploit ready. I'm like, I know where to go, you know? I get out there and there's no monsters. There's only one monster. And I'm like thinking I have like a chance. And that one monster, it's a troll. It's a boss and he kills you. Oh yeah, everybody dies at that, at that point. No, yes. I know, but I'm like, that's like the funniest troll to me because I'm like, oh, this is the one where I'm not going to die. And the first oh. monster you see is a boss, and no, he's not. You're not supposed to win. That is that is Souls tradition. Every time you play a Souls game, the first thing you encounter is a boss that kills you. Like oh really? Time. Every single oh, game? Oh yeah, every single time. Yeah. I feel like I played Dark Souls and it didn't happen, but oh well. That was the one with the skeletons, right? In the beginning. Uh yeah. Yeah, there's uh, no boss there. Uh, when you first start, it, it, this happens very often. In okay, Souls. it happens. It's, it's, it's extremely before. common. Yeah, very. Anyways, common. that happened, and then I got to the actual open world. And again, I've only like fought some people and been okay and not like, I'm just not like eating shit right away. Mm -hmm. So by default, it's better for me. Um, I would say this though, the story, even though like everyone's toting it, that it's like George R.R. R. Martin, it's just like a, a dreamscape of stuff. Like, oh, dude, I don't. That is, this is the easiest paycheck that George R.R. R. Martin ever totally. made. Totally. All he did was put his name on the box. There, you could not point to anything in this game that even remotely seems like he touched it it's like all the characters seem like they're just kind of you know which is fun and interesting all just like scattered all over the map you know and it's like happenstance if you meet somebody and then there's like this whole thing you could do um and it's interesting in that way but it's not like this story thing you no, know this is typical souls souls bullshit this is all template to a t this is typical souls i don't know why they bothered to spend money on george rr R. martin because i don't either people would have bought this game regardless he just got a fat payday for like nothing like laughing all the way to the bank cashing that check oh yeah but i will say this also in the very beginning they talk they do this huge cutscene with all this like great art which i like the art but like again making no sense and this guy's just screaming you know in the, in the intro <laughs> yeah yes, and he's screaming yes. about the dung beast yes and i'm like i don't know what any of this is and it's not enticing and you don't need to be screaming uh, so I didn't like that beginning at all, actually. And then the, I will say the other thing that I found cumbersome, but I knew this was going to be there, and it, it's got it. You have to admit it. Like they have to go to another engine after this game. Like this is the Souls engine, right? They're not. They haven't made a new engine for this game. I mean, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, you can tell because the jump is fucking hokey as shit. Like that's the <laughs> dumbest jump I've seen in a video game. And now no one's going to say that because this is the supposed to be like sacred game that's going to win every award. But the jump is dumb. It goes up. It yeah, goes it's, up. It's a little bit. I mean, I, I assume you don't have the horse yet. <laughs> no, I'm about to get the horse and it's going to jump differently. It doesn't matter. You're making a game in 2022. Don't make the jump like Mario. Okay. 
Here's the, here's the here. Put this on the tagline for the podcast. Carl says, "Elden Ring's jump is like Super Mario Brothers. It is. He just goes up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal, but it's, it's just annoying. a little hop. Yeah. It's it's not. This so, is not like like Breath of the Wild where you're jumping and climbing on stuff. It's not. It's not really opening up to you vertically like in that sense. You know, it's not like an Assassin's Creed where you are Spider-Man and you stick to a wall and you climb anything. Right. So. But you know what? That's, I guess that's one thing that I will bring up is because I did just come from horizon. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for all the things that you don't like about it, I would say that hand holding on ledges, jumping animations, rolling, all it feels really fucking great. And you know what that does? And again, if this is like a game decision that they want to make you not feel empowered, I, I don't really buy it, but whatever their role in this one is, is just, again, donkey shit. And I think it's like, oh, it's supposed to be donkey shit because then it's harder to play the game. Uh-oh, Are you I, saying the role is donkey shit? Yeah, I'm, I feel myself going on a rant. I, I mean, you're, just, you're just straight up wrong, uh, number one. Um, I mean, it's... <laughs> okay, donkey shit's a strong word. It's it's slow. How about that? I mean, so there's many factors to this, right? Like, you're, I don't know how deep in the weeds we want to get here, but, like, I agree with you The jumping is kind of is hokey. It's... There's a lot of little ledges that I feel like you should be able to hop up. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Okay. Right? But I will say also, when you get the horse, it totally opens up the verticality in a big way. So just keep on playing a little bit. And the horse is almost like your, It's right there. I can tell. Yeah, I know it's you're at right that church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure, and the, I agree with you on that. Like, I know that, that like, the horse makes it much more Yeah, fun. It, the horse is the, the key to verticality in this game. So that's a big thing. But, like, in terms of the role in the combat, I mean, there's a lot of things you can knock a Souls game for. I mean, there a lot of things. But, like... The combat and the rolling is not one of them. It's like pretty airtight. It's pretty dialed in. Mm. You may not like it because it doesn't function the way that you want it to function, but it functions the way that it's supposed to. And I don't think you're going to find anybody who's going to say that this is not a well-designed combat system. Then we'll put an asterisk in that. And let's let, tell me about your experience with the game, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I jumped in uh, last night and my wife jumped in as well. First of all, I want to say it's a little bit disappointing because... As I've said many times on the podcast, the wife and I are wanting to play this co-op as much as possible, but there's some kind of problem with the Xbox version. I don't know exactly what's going on, but a lot of people on Xbox are not able to log into the servers, and if you can't get into the server, then you cannot do co-op. And so, because it's only online co-op. Yeah, exactly. So I was logging in, no problem. I'm on an X. I don't know if that matters. My wife is on an S. She has not been able to log in even once um, mm. since yesterday. So she's not seeing the messages from other people. She's not seeing the summon signs. She's not seeing any opportunity for me to co-op with her, which is kind of frustrating because we bought it intending to play co-op for the majority of the playtime, right? So that sucks. I hope that they get that ironed out ASAP. I will say also that if you're on PC, uh, I apologize and I'm sorry for you because this game apparently runs like shit on PC. Well, it drops um, frames, I'm hearing, a lot. Yeah, I've heard it's really bad right now. And I know that prior to release, uh, Mike Susky was going to do the review for us originally on PC, and he was having like major problems. It was like unreviewable on PC. So he switched to PS5, and that was fine. But I, I hope that people who play on PC will get their issues resolved um, as well. Anyway. Speaking real quick of PS5, yeah, everybody yeah. says it plays best on PS5. Weirdly That's enough. what I hear. That's what I hear. But apart from the server thing, I have no problems or any complaints whatsoever about the Xbox. Okay. I'm on the X and it runs fine. It looks beautiful. Uh, I mean, I have it on the frame rate mode, not on the, uh, you know, the, the graphics mode. So it, to me, it looks great. I have no complaints. But but then again, I haven't done a side by side comparison, so I can't say. Yeah. So. Um, so in terms of the gameplay itself, I mean, this is. You know, you're going to hear it a thousand times. This is just like open world Dark Souls. It's exactly like Dark Souls. The combat is basically the same. The the mission, the, the, the fighting is the same. 
the kind of like, you know, blocking, parrying, stamina, management. Um, I mean, that all it's all just souls to a T. Like, there's nothing really different about it. I really do like the open world, though. I think it does add a new element because uh, wandering around, I feel like every time I, I come around a corner, there's something interesting there. There's tons of little dungeons I'm finding, tons of little ambushes, little enemies to, to find and discover and fight and all sorts of little stuff. I feel like the world is pretty well populated. I don't feel like I've hit like, you know, just like a, like a mile of like nothing, you know, like just a wide open field. Like there's always something going on. Um, yeah, it's very of, well planned. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's one of FromSoft's strengths. I agree with you. Is Their strength is they're really good at environmental design. And so like, you know, I'll be cresting a ridge and I'll come over and I'll see like these giants who are pulling a wagon and i'm like oh my god these guys are enormous do i fight them do i run away do i hide what do i do sometimes i'm, I'm climbing to the top of a mountain there's like a dude up there with a the telescope you can sneak up on them sometimes i'm in a castle and there's like a whole bunch of guards you gotta like stealth your way through so there's all these different situations and if you don't like any of these situations i mean you can literally go anywhere like none of this stuff is gated off you can go to the swamp you can go to the caves you can go to the mountain you can do the, the castle like whatever the fuck you want and you know, the game will tell you by by your dying if you're in the right place or not. I mean, if you're getting one shotted by every enemy, that's a clue to say, OK, maybe I'm not in the right section, but you can try. Yeah, it doesn't stop you from trying. Right. Um, so I, I enjoy that. And I think that it's been fun also because I've just been kind of grinding a little bit, not necessarily like hardcore grinding, but I got into a little zone where I can kill the enemies pretty easily. And I'm just kind of leveling them up. I'm kind of building my character up a little bit, picking up a few little pieces of gear. And I'm just just having um, just fun, just kind of playing the mechanics and just kind of being there without really um, getting swatted down by the bosses so far. I've come across a few bosses uh, and I'm like, no, just not going to do these right now. I'm just going to come oh. back. I marked them on my map and I'm like, you know, I'll come back when I'm stronger. Maybe I could do it now. Maybe I can't. But, you know, I don't I'm not in the mood for that. So I'm going to go kill some soldiers and just level up and just uh, explore a little bit more. It's, so I'm it's kind of like playing it. my game. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. In the, little in the way bit. that I'm playing it. I feel like we're like for the first time ever playing a Souls game the same way. Yeah, I mean, that, and it, I think this is conducive to it, the open world design and giving players a little bit more of a, a choice. So yeah. you rolled a melee guy. Which which guy did you choose from the beginning? Do you remember what class? Warrior, of course. Warrior. Okay. Right, um, cool. And then, uh, by the way, the character creator, way involved. It's it's silly. It, it doesn't need, it to, be didn't need to be that involved. No, no, I was like, I need to get out of here. Like, this is too many choices. Uh, and you're wearing armor the whole time. So, like, why does it That's, matter? Exactly right. Like, I already knew you're either going to be a corpse or you're wearing armor. So it's like, I changed my hair color and I think I changed like uh, my posture or something. And I'm like, okay, that's good enough. I'm not going to. Oh, that's I'm funny. only ever going to be looking at armor. The difference, so between, the difference between us is I had a picture of my like head and I was like trying to get close to it because <laughs> I'm that nerdy. I'm like, I need to be in Dark Souls for the first time in my life. And if I'm going to be in there, it's going to be Carlos. Um, of course, I have armor on immediately. But no, sure. I'm, I'm a warrior and I haven't really been able to like you know, uh, I feel my, my, my own vibe yet when it comes to like weapons and stuff. And one thing that we, you know, everyone's talking about is this has a really cool magic system in it where for me, again, another reason why I picked it up, you asked why, is that you can create like magic and or like allies to help you. Have you engaged in that system yet? Because it's not I exactly haven't. open. Uh, oh, what does that mean? You so like you can actually miss that. And in fact, I did miss it. And I think my my wife found it. I missed it. Mike Susky, who reviewed it for the site, missed it. So it's not like they don't just drop it in the critical path. Like right. okay. you kind of have to go out of your way to find it. And I did not find it, so I'm a little bit screwed right now. But um, you, if you are interested in doing that, you should probably look it up because it it doesn't organically happen. I don't okay, think. well that's great to know. And then you know, along with my little 
exploit uh, <laughs> said to the side. Um, and that, that system that I have to go looking for, which again is great. And I like the fact that I have to go looking for it. That's fun, actually. Uh, it just seems like that offers up a lot more assistance when you're out there, you know, having fun. I am very much looking forward to trying it. I am really kind of upset that they didn't put it in the critical path. That is that is from soft bullshit. Um, so I'm going to try to salvage that. And if I can get that working, that'll be cool. But right now I have no summons and because my wife is not available and I am kind of on my own. So we'll see how that goes. But in general, I mean, I'm digging it. I like the vibe. I like being able to kind of pick and choose what I want to do. Um, just the exploration is pretty rewarding so far, finding lots of nooks and crannies. And uh, for the first time ever, I usually roll melee in Souls games. I've been melee like for every Souls game. Uh, but this time around, I'm like, you know what? God damn it. I'm going to be a wizard this time. I've never been a wizard before. Oh. And I'm going to I'm just leaning into that. I'm doing magic spells. I'm pretty weak on the melee combat, have really light armor. So I'm kind of playing that out. And it's been a, a cool experience. I'm glad I made that choice because it makes the whole thing just a little bit more different than it usually would be because I want to I want to see something different from FromSoft. I don't just want another Souls game. So with the open world, with the exploration, self-guided options and being a wizard it does feel like a pretty different experience for me i would say that you know you uh, and maybe you kinda, i can ask you again but like you wouldn't think that i would ever come into this game and you know you're uh, doing the question marks and exclamation points in text message but after i said what i said and the way that you're playing it it kind of makes sense why i would try it right I mean, maybe, but I also know that you like to feel empowered, though. That's a really big part in most of the games that you like to play, and that's kind of antithetical to what Souls does. So I'm curious to see how you do, you know, five hours from now. Like, if you still feel like you're finding it worthwhile to play, or, you know, are you going to... I mean, I guess your exploit might help you out with that. You level up a little faster, but, um, you know, do you, are you going to find a groove, right? Are you going to find a weapon that you like? Are you going to find a play style that you like? I'll be curious to touch back and see see what you think of it in a couple hours. Yeah, let's do it because I mean, like, I'm going to spend a lot of the weekend doing it, and um, I just feel like minus the exploit because the exploit would just get me, you know, a few more levels that I need to. Um, you know, I do like melee combat again, not doing the magic stuff, and if I can have some, you know, summons uh, doing some work for me, and I get used to, you know, all the kind of rules and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just I want to get. Uh, this experience and I, I just want to beat it. I'm like so mad at like all the Souls games <laughs> in my whole life. I'm like, if I can just find one where I can like level up and get semi-empowered so smart enough to like, you know, beat bosses and stuff. So we'll see. We'll, we'll come back to it. I'm actually excited to be playing it though. All right. We will revisit this game, I'm sure. All right. A couple more Switch games for me and then we're going to bounce. Uh, first up is Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon. This comes from Konami, playing it on the Switch. It's also on PC. I think it's on everything right now. Uh, this is a 2D roguelike uh, action game. Very similar to um, a lot of the 2D action roguelikes going on right now. Um, this one is notable, though, for its art style. That's what really made the big splash when it was first announced. It looks like one of those Japanese, like, really stylized paintings with, like, the heavy brush strokes. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that art style is called, right? But, like... It looks like one of those like Japanese scrolls where like all everybody's really stylized and um, I mean I don't I'm sorry I don't mean to insult anybody I don't know exactly what those are called but if you saw those you'd be like oh yeah it's that one Japanese style that is so famous in in the art world whatever so that's what it looks like it looks like um, an ink brush painting for all the characters for all the backgrounds it's very distinctive looking. And if you look at screenshots, you're like, wow, this looks fucking amazing. Uh, looks like like bananas in screenshots. Really cool. 
Um, in terms of motion, though, I don't think it works that well. I feel like it's a little bit hard to track. It's a little muddy. Um, when everything is holding still, it's great. But yeah, in motion and animation, it doesn't really come through uh, to the same degree. In terms of the action, uh, it does not feel great. The action is sludgy. Motion is not crisp. The, the, the strikes, the attacks don't feel crisp. Um, it just feels like you're kind of walking through mud the whole time. And that's not a great place to be when you're trying to do a 2D action game. I mean, there are so many perfect examples out there of games that are really just like popping, just really dialed in and you feel like intuitive. This one feels like you're kind of fighting the controls the whole time. Like there's mm -hmm. a little bit of a delay. It just doesn't feel that great. I will say also that the mechanics are not very well explained. So there's a lot of systems, a lot of systems in this game. And they're like, blah, 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 go for it. And they just don't really explain like how you're supposed to like get better weapons or upgrade weapons or how do you do like these different attributes and what is, you know, what are these points for and what is this energy for and how does this go? And it's just, there's a lot of stuff in there that they really could take more time to explain. Um, so I've kind of been trying to figure it out, but not really being very successful at it. But it kind of is all beside the point because the simple act of playing the game is not very enjoyable. I really wish that they had made the motion faster, made the attacks faster, made it just more responsive. It just doesn't feel great. And again, it's a roguelike, so you get a certain distance in, um, and if you die, you go back to the start. They want you to grind so that you are slowly, over time, increasing your permanent stats. Like, you'll you'll start off with a better weapon, or you start off with better stats. And by doing that, you will eventually make it further and further. But boy, it feels like it's going to be like one of those million-year grinds where the, the rewards are so slow. And the advancements are so slow. Like, I'm just like, I'm not, I, you know, I played four or five rounds and I felt like I didn't make any progress whatsoever. Like, I didn't get any better noticeably. So I'm like, I'm not going to just keep doing this. Um, you know, I'm not going to spend my entire life trying to get through this game with such a slow grind. So it's a shame because I feel like it looks beautiful and I really love the art style. That's really caught my attention in the first place. But it just does not feel good to play in terms of design or in terms of actual action. All right. Well, it looks yeah. cool. It does look cool. Getsu, Fumaden, Undying Moon. Looks great in screenshots. Otherwise, probably not so great. Final game of the show, Braveland Trilogy. This has been around for a long time. Have you oh, heard of this one? Oh, yeah. I played it, and we talked about it on the show. Did we really? Yeah, we talk about every game, remember? So, I, did you bring this to the show? Because I've never show. played this yeah, before. Yeah, I, I brought to. The, I think I brought you the original and the trilogy. Oh, man. I swear, because so, I actually... Well, spoiler, I like this game, but... I, yeah, I like it, too. These developers, I actually found these developers because they put out another game on the switch um and honestly i can't remember what it's called right now but i played their second game and i thought it was really quite well done and that's what made me research braveland trilogy because i knew this was their previous work so i'm like you know i don't know about you but whenever i find a developer that i like i'm always really curious to see what else have they done what's the trajectory of their work how have they improved what ideas have they brought to the table um and so with everything being on the switch i thought that was a really easy journey so i picked up um they're this brave land trilogy to see what they've done and it's really good um so i feel like these are these are good developers um this is a turn-based hex-based tactics game uh somewhat similar to gem wizard tactics that we talked about at the beginning but wherever gem wizard tactics um got into trouble like with bad ui and and little difficulties and rough edges this one is really super polished um it's very very simple and i believe it has its origins on mobile does that sound correct to you maybe yeah maybe that sounds I feel right. Like it, I feel like it probably started as a mobile game, but that's fine. So you get to pick these characters. Uh, you get like an archer, a knight, um, a heavy knight, a crossbowman, 
a farmer, and a couple other guys or whatever, a thief, I think. And you just get one of each. That's just that. And then they start on the left, enemies start on the right. You choose a battle that you want to fight, and you just go into it. And everything is like one tap. Like, the, the computer tells you who's going next. You tell them where to go and attack, and that's it. And the, hand, the computer handles the rest. Very simple, very streamlined. Like, you can upgrade guys, like, a tiny bit, but basically... All you're doing is kind of grinding for resources to improve their attack and their life. But it's fine because I feel like the tactics kind of go by really quickly. You're fighting a level, fighting a level, getting done, fighting a level, getting done, fighting a level, and just kind of moving through it really quickly. And you don't have to really remember too much. It's a perfect bedtime game for me because I can do two or three levels and it doesn't really matter where I left off uh, because I can just pick it right back up. But it's smooth. It's polished. Like the levels just go by like butter. Um, the animation is good. The character design is cute. Um, it's just really well done. I mean, it's super stripped down and basic, but I say that as a good thing. If you're new to the tactics genre or if you just want something that's really light and, you know, there's a little bit of bite to it, but like you can really play it pretty, pretty casually, which is a good thing in this case. I think it's a really good entry. I'm really having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. And it, it was on mobile now that I remember. I think I, I started on mobile, like on an iPad or something, you know, it's a yeah, perfect yeah. iPad Seems type right. game. Mm -hmm. I, I, the art style is good. It's cartoony and simple. Um, yeah, it's got its own kind of vibe to it. And yeah, like you said, like there's a lot of games that are like this that are more complicated. And this one's like, you know, just do the things. Like hit the buttons, yeah. make make the you know enemies go away by using your different... Um, but there's tactics. There's definitely tactics to it. But it just seems like fun, relaxing tactics. Uh, and some resource management and stuff like that too, I think. Yeah, um, a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, it's just really fucking fun. Like I, I think this is the reason why they kept making games, right? Like this probably paid um, their some of their salaries because of well, the, yeah, they went on really to well. make yeah, they went on to make uh, an entire trilogy. I'm on Braveland right now. Um, I, you know, you, and, and in this particular uh, collection on the Switch, the Braveland trilogy, you have to beat the first one before you can move on to two and three. So yeah. I haven't even seen two and three. I don't know how they're different or how it advances. I'm still, I think I'm pretty close to the end of Braveland. Um, but I'm, I've been really enjoying it. I mean, it's, it's very basic and simple, but I think it's also elegant in that they strip away a lot of stuff that you don't really need. A lot of the cruft, a lot of the menu wonkiness, and just like a lot of details that I think don't always serve the genre that well. Um, so for being on the switch and for being something you can pick up and play, I think it's really great. I mean, I would never recommend it to like a tactics veteran who's looking for the next big thing, but if you want something light and fun and smooth and, frictionless and painless and cute i think it's really really good and i'm i am very curious to get to parts two and three to see how they expand on that original installment and for our cons our other console players that are not on switch uh it is on xbox and playstation i just looked up there you go there you go so that is brave land trilogy that definitely gets a thumbs up for sure oh i'm glad you're playing it yeah i love that yeah, game good stuff before we leave before we leave yes uh you were gonna mention it earlier and i i looked it up while we were talking Rollers of the Realm has a new game coming out. They do. Reunion. And uh, Rollers of the Realm Reunion. So enough R's all in one title. And it's in 2022. But that doesn't say when. Coming very soon. I believe I've seen some PR for it. So they're probably ramping up to release it fairly soon, I'm guessing. Oh, my goodness. That is such a fun game. And your, your, your zombie game reminded me of it. And then last yeah. but not least, uh, next episode, I will be able to talk about Elix 2. Yes. Uh, next week. And I'll also be able to talk about, only probably played it for one or two days, uh, Shadow Warrior 3. Shadow Warrior 3. Okay, I'm going to mark that down. On the fan of right mine. Now. Fan of mine. I mean, I've been a fan of Shadow Warrior forever. I brought Shadow Warrior 2 to the show whenever it came out. 
I was gushing over it, loved it. It's ridiculous. A little bit, little bit too much fart humor at times. Middle fingers and FUs and stuff, but um, FUs. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a fun first person melee game, and so I'm really excited for it. Um, so both those games will probably be next week for me. You know, we are in an interesting position because we are at the the time of year when we're we're out of the fourth quarter smash where everybody's trying to get games in front of everybody before game of the year and it's just madness. There's just way too many games to handle. So things have slowed down a little bit right now. I mean, we had a couple big releases, of course, but there's still some breathing room here. And I'm looking at next week's show. Like we've already got a full slate of games, and they're all games that are so far still under embargo. So that's interesting. Uh, and we may may end up having a guest next week as well. So we'll see if that pans out. Um, we may have something to talk about. Okay. Um, so we've got a good good show coming up next week. All right. Well, I'm excited for it and the games that I can finally talk about. Absolutely. It's tough to play something and have it under embargo and just be spoiling to talk about it and just keeping that under your hat can be tough. Well, I'll say this one thing real quick. And no one, I think, ever talks about this uh, because, you know, both of us, we have uh, played everything. But I like to think that we have this humbleness still to us, and I still have this wide-eyed wonderment for every new game I play. I'm sure you are somewhat wide-eyed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like mid, mid-eyed, mid-eyed. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You like all games, too. But the point is, when I, again, not I'm under embargo, blah, 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 not saying anything about the game, but when I was able to just have Elex 2 a bit early, right? Yes. Um, it's just really, really a, a, an interesting, cool thing. Like, yes, it's difficult because you want to talk about it, but it's really interesting to be able to, I don't know, get ahead of like what the reviewers are going to come out with and you just have a good understanding of like what you're playing. So it's also an I interesting like opportunity because you are in uncharted territory, right? Like you, there's probably no FAQs out. Nobody's got any help right. guides probably. You're kind of like left here on devices. So if you can figure out, great. But if you hit get stuck or if you have a question or if you don't know a certain thing when you get these pre-release situations you're often just like if you don't know any other reviewer who's playing it you're stuck like you're just like i don't know what to do and i'm just on my own and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't you know so Dude, it's like the olden days we had to call like 1-800 nintendo or something the nintendo helpline that was a real thing that was Look a real thing and we don't yeah. have that either so there's no elix hotline by the exactly. way here's the last elix thing so this is the most i'm going to talk about elix without saying anything about elix is that you're right, because when I was playing it a while ago, actually, uh, I went to YouTube for some reason, because I wasn't just thinking, you know? You just immediately go, I'll go to a walkthrough thing. Yeah. And I literally, I started, I was watching a video for like, I don't know, five minutes, like looking at like, they were talking about like different, you know, things in the game. Like like, a preview video. Yeah, but I didn't know it was a preview video, because I like forgot that it hasn't come out yet. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but when are they going to get to the actual information? (laughs) Like, I need help in this game. And I'm like, oh, never. never. After release? Yeah, this is a video about the game that they hope that's going to come out or something. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting place to be in. So, all right. Done. We will talk about that next week. We got a great full episode next week, possibly a guest. We'll see about that. But that for today is what we got. Uh, Thank you all for listening. This is the show. Uh, As always, folks, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at So Video Games. You can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? At Carlos Rodella, R O D E L A, on TikTok. All right. And for me, it's the same as always on Twitter, on Instagram. It's my name, 
B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 273. Thank you so much for joining us here on the So Many Games podcast, and we will see you next week. But in the meantime, this is Bye From Brad. And Bye From Carlos.